I moved to DC back in 2017, I just became so sexually liberated. Mm. Like everything that was on top of me with monogamy, it just it just went to the wayside. I just it's like an old coming out again. Welcome to Tickle Dot Life's podcast. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Gaia Morissette. And today we're going to have a really juicy, interesting, and entertaining conversation as always. So I always, always, you know, being dyslexic, I always get everybody's names wrong. Um, I always allow my guests to introduce themselves so they pronounce the name properly. So please introduce yourself. Well, hello, I'm Dr. Lee Phillips. And one question I always ask all my guests is, do you sleep in the nude or you sleep with pajamas on? In the wintertime, I sleep with pajamas on. In the summertime, I sleep nude. Do you go commando or are you an underwear wearer? I go commando. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yes, all about letting it hang out, honey. <laughs> Freedom, things need to breathe. <laughs> Things have to breathe. Clothes get in the way. They really do. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So what a journey are you, what personal journey are you taking on us, taking us on today? One personal journey is there's like, it's kind of like two journeys in a sense. So one is definitely my journey with my own chronic illness um, right. as a sexual being and, and also having a chronic illness. And then also uh, being a polyamorous person, which has been an amazing journey for, for both me and my husband. So I definitely want to share my journey about that because that's been the one that is most exciting. Okay. So <laughs> let, so maybe we'll do two. Well, maybe we'll yeah. do two interviews. All right. Let's, let's, let's yeah. focus, let's focus on, let's start with, um, when did you notice, how did you know that you're polyamory? Like, when did that start? Like, how did, how did you notice that? It's so interesting because it, it, it like two years ago living here in DC it seems like when I moved to DC back in 2017 I just became so sexually liberated mm. like everything that was on top of me with monogamy it just it just went to the wayside I just it's like an old coming out again mm -hmm. and you know that's when I noticed that I said I really want to explore this I feel like monogamy is not going to work for me forever and I want to do something different sexually and emotionally. And so when I first started seeing my husband, we were monogamous for three years. And then I approached him and he said, great, <laughs> let's explore it. <laughs> okay. So let's go, let's backpedal because, yeah. you know, having that conversation, like moving from, you know, somebody who's ethically non-monogamous and have been my whole life, mm -hmm. moving from a monogamous relationship into a non-monogamous, consensual non-monogamous relationship is a little bit, can have some serious hiccups. So had this been something you had been thinking about for a while? Was it like, like, like before you get into that like tell me let's give some background of what your relationships were like growing up yeah so growing up yeah that's great growing up i was always a monogamous person i always wanted to be with one person i never wanted to explore outside of that emotionally sexually you know i came from i would say like a southern baptist family i'm from southeast virginia um, I never went to church or anything, but it was always like, this is what you do. This is life. You be with one person. There you go. And I did that all of my life until I started um, branching out a little bit more and thinking about my own sexual well-being and what I wanted to explore. 
And I just kept thinking about it. I never did it, but I was also single for quite some time while I was getting all my schooling done and all that stuff. So I didn't really date. Um, so when I moved up here, that's when I started getting into relationships again. And I was like, you know, I just want to branch out. But I guess I was always thinking about it since I was young. Yeah. Like, yeah, so it was like, always in the back of my head. Like what were, like when you were, where, when you would, let's just be, we're going to be a little more raw here. Like, yeah. so when you're like, you know, exploring and masturbating, did you think about the partner you were with or were you thinking about others? I was thinking about others all the time, all time, all the time. And then wondering and sexually and, and fantasizing too, like different fantasies, like what would it be like being with this person in this environment and having like one partner and having another partner for this? It was always in the back of my mind. And how did you feel about that? Like, how did that, like, was there guilt? Was there shame? Was there like, I just, I'm going to ignore that I think that? Like, what was happening in your emotional reaction to the fact that you were wanting one thing, but you were told that you needed something else? Um, I don't know if I really had a lot of guilt. You know, guilt is, um, I did something bad. Shame is I am bad. I think I was just wondering, how do I explore it? You know, how, what are the avenues that I take for that? And being single at the time, you know, I was just sleeping with people. I mean, I wasn't in a serious relationship, but I kept thinking in the back of my mind, if I get into a serious relationship, how am I going to broach this with my partner? You know, do I put it on an app that I am a non-monogamous person? And I didn't do that. I was just like, I'm looking to date, you know, but in the back of my mind, I was still thinking about it. So not really a lot of guilt and shame, but more like, how do I navigate it? Okay. And so you've, so you got, but you were, when you partner, you chose monogamy in the first three years. So why? Tell yeah. me why. Um, that's a really good question. I think I just wanted to, to be with someone. You know, I had just finished my doctorate degree. I was lonely, so I wanted to date. And when I moved to DC, I realized the gay culture of DC, there were a lot of open people, which I thought was really cool. You know, I'm like, this is great, you know? And, you know, I would have some hookups here and there when I first got here. And then I met my now husband, who was separated from his husband at the time. And I think we were monogamous just because we were so happy just to be with each other. Okay. That was a nice space just to have. And we had great times together, that bliss when you first meet someone, great sex, great food, great wine, just loved it, you know? So I guess that's why I didn't do it in the beginning. So... Yeah. Okay, so then now you're like, all right, you, you're in. How long have you been in before you're like, it's time to approach this conversation? For about three years. Okay. Yeah. And had you gotten married at this point yet? Yeah, we got married. And then probably close to a year after, um, it was in the back of my mind even more to just start talking about it. Okay, so were you worried? Were you afraid? Were you excited? Like, what, what was happening when you're I like, had a lot of emotions. I was very nervous. I had a lot of anxiety about it. I'm like, what's going to happen? Is he going to judge me? Not want to do this, you know? Um, but I felt so safe and secure in my relationship to talk about it. And nice. if I didn't, and I felt like if I didn't have that, if I didn't have the security or this great foundation, 
then I don't think I would have been comfortable to bring it up. And mm -hmm. so I knew then, okay, this may be the time because we're having so much fun. We have a great life together. Why not expand this even more? Okay. Yeah. So tell us, bring us into that moment when you have the conversation. <laughs> we all want to know what happened. <laughs> it's actually really funny. We were, um, I actually did it in front of another friend too. So I had this friend, she was here for a conference in DC who I did my doc program with. By the way, I went to a conservative Christian college for my doctor degree, <laughs> which was fun in itself. Um, and so she came into town and we were at a French restaurant and I was sit we were sitting at the bar. My husband was next to me on the left and she was next to me on the right and I was in the middle. And we were just having wine. So I had me a lovely little wine buzz going on. And we were talking about, I don't know how it really got brought up, but we were talking about sex and relationships. And I just said, you know, we have such a great foundation. Like, why don't we explore? Why don't we see what it's like to, to practice, you know, ethical non-monogamy and see what that's like in terms of talking to people, dating people, and maybe we can come up with a contract or agreements if, if you want. And he just looked at me and he said, I would love to explore that with you. And oh, then my nice. Nice. <laughs> so my friend on the right, she's like, don't do that. Don't open up your relationship. Don't do that. You don't need anybody else. And we're like, oh my gosh. So yeah, that's how it really started. Um, so it was very, I felt like a, I don't know. It's just like a just nice sense of relief that, that came over me. It was like, oh, wow, this is great. Now we can talk about this and i remember the next day we just started um downloading apps on our phones and started flirting and he shared with me the type of men that he was into and i started sharing with him the type of men that i was into which we it was very different by the way which is very fascinating mm -hmm. so that's how it really started yeah. so what kind of men now i need to know he loves like <laughs> What kind of men was he trying to do? What kind of men were you trying to do? Tell me more. He loves like um, scruffy men like himself. My husband's bald and bearded. He's absolutely adorable. He's like a teddy bear. And he likes men. He has a gym thing. He has this like gym fetish gear thing. So he loves like jock type of men. Mm -hmm. I like that too, but I like edgy guys. And I'm like really into black dudes. Like, I'm so attracted to, to chocolate. I love it. I love the skin texture. I love everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> so he was so fascinated by what I liked. And I thought that was just really cool that mm -hmm. we could be different and that we could share some similarities. And, and then we've talked about, like, what do we want with polyamory? Mm -hmm. Right? Um, and so, so what is that? So, so okay, so... It sounds like this is like both of these were like, you know, two kids in a candy store. You're having like lots of fun with the, the possibilities. Yay! <laughs> um, any insecurities, fears, jealousy? So this the is what, the, the, the typical things is, that happen. <laughs> so this, okay. So this is what happened next. So I started to become very insecure. Mm. I was the jealous one. I, when he was chatting with someone, I would kind of lean over like, who's that? What's that guy? Who's that? You know? And he didn't really do that with me. You know, he was just very respectful of my boundaries with me chatting with other men. And I started to get pretty insecure. So it got to the point where I wanted to close things back up. Mm. Mm -hmm. 
And he honestly looked at me and he said, I can't do that. You've opened this up. It's not being closed up. And I said, well, shit, I better, I better get it together. <laughs> go look at some shit. <laughs> I better, I better go, I better, <laughs> I better go do some shit on my own. I better work through my own feelings. And mm-hmm. so totally had to go down that path and really dive into my own self mm-hmm. and why I was feeling this way. And, you know, I was kind of thinking to myself, well, gosh, I'm afraid that he'll leave. Mm-hmm. Like, will he meet somebody else and go? And he came to me and we had a nice talk. And he said, you know, that we've built such a great foundation here that that's not going to happen. I love mm-hmm. you for who you are. I can love somebody else for who they are. And who we even talked about having a triad one day. So it's mm-hmm. not you know, parallel poly, it could be kitchen table poly, or it could be, we have another partner come in. So we were very open to all of that. Okay. So for the audience who may not understand some of those terms, Mm -hmm. you want to uh, take a moment to explain kitchen table, parallel poly. Let's use. Yeah. So there's a lot of terms here, you know, so a parallel poly is where, you know, your partner may know who you're dating, but they don't have a relationship with that person. They know of them, but there's no connection. Kitchen table poly is where your partner may know the person and be friends with them. And you all sit around the table and have coffee and pancakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. All right. And then, yeah. <laughs> so that we, we explored that. And then a triad is having a third come in, being in a, in a throttle triad relationship. And I just felt more grounded. In the back of my mind, there was still jealousy there, mm-hmm. but I really had to continue to just work on myself and do that plan to take back of, hey, this is what we have. This is great. Um, we both agreed that if we were chatting with other people, we would share with each other who that person is. Mm-hmm. That's, that was our agreement. Um, and so, yeah, and, and then it's kicked off since then. It's gone well, but then COVID happened. So COVID is not conducive to polyamory, non-monogamy. It's like, I'm always complaining. I'm like, damn this force, monogamy. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Because we had just gotten to the point where I think he had a date Mm -hmm. one night. And then I had a date. But I was also, also hooking up with this guy near my job, which was the hottest sex ever. And I was loving every minute of it. And then fucking COVID happened. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so I really want to dial it back a little bit, talk yeah. about the piece of, so what did you find in your insecurities? Like when you were looking at that and those pieces, like what did you find that was at the core of that for you? I think for me, it goes all the way back to childhood because I got to see what my parents went through and their relationship. And I think, you know, my mother was always afraid that my you know, father would be cheating on her. And I think there was a lot of trust issues in my own family dynamics growing up. Mm-hmm. And I think that becomes instilled in you. You know, you see that. It's that attachment that you see in your parents. And so I think that was carried with me all the way through adulthood. And when I was dating people, when I was younger, I was always a jealous person, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe having a little bit of anxious attachment Mm-hmm. because that's what it was like in my home. Mm-hmm. And so that became molded and became ingrained in me. And I think that's where a lot of it really came from. But it, what was great was connecting that. When I was able to connect that, 
-hmm. I was like, shit, I got to work through this because I don't have to hold on to that. Yeah. So. So then once, once you managed to move through that piece, he, he hasn't had, he hasn't played yet, has he? He has, he has has played. played? Okay. He has, yeah. Yeah. With one, with one person right before COVID. Okay, and so once you'd moved through that, did the jealousy, how did you handle that? Did the jealousy you know what? show up or was it, it did, The jealousy just was out the window because I wanted to know about, it's like I felt like I had more compersion, which is the opposite of jealousy. Like when he told me about his hookup and talked about how the guy has like, he's into spanking and I became so curious and I was like, oh my gosh, and I could see how his face lit up and how happy he was about it. So then it made me happy. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and he was always curious about what I was doing and, you know, was very much like, oh, I want to know what was it like and was what was great about it and what was different. And, you know, and we have played together, which has been amazing. I love it. It's so much fun. Um, when you were, when you first started playing and talking about it, any feelings come up? Any resistance? Any worries? Any concerns? Little concerns here and there were coming up still a little bit. Like, what is this going to be like? You know, um, what if he does have this date and it goes so well and then he wants to introduce me to him? Or, you know, there was one time where he was chatting with someone for like weeks and the guy was just very fickle with him. And I'm like, look, are you going to meet this guy or what, man? So my husband has had more conversations with men for long periods of time more than I have Mm. so you know I found that to be kind of interesting Mm -hmm. um but then again I was on a different app he was on I was (laughs) were you on the slutty app I was on on jacked I was on does so i was on jacked which is like a um men of color app mm-hmm. and um you know so i was having more men that wanted to be sexual and he was like having some in-depth conversations with some men i was like wow i want to have that so maybe there was a little bit of jealousy there too mm-hmm. you know but um then he would get frustrated with these other guys because he'd be like he, he would even ask them hey when are we going to meet and there would be no- nothing going on with that yeah So there were no accelerators getting hit. So he kind of just took a break from those guys. But um, there's a couple that we we were getting together with before COVID, which was amazing. Like two older gentlemen that we just really connected with. Nice. Um, And then, of course, the pandemic happens. And that really broke things up. And it was tough because we had a uh, social distance um, picnic with them. And I'm thinking, God, I just want to go back to their apartment after this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know I had a I had a tea date on, on the social distancing tea date with one of my lovers that's not in the bu- wasn't in the bubble mm-hmm. and I'm like the whole time I'm like oh I'm getting to know you so much better but I really just want to lick your abs I just want to lick you <laughs> it's <just> awful <laughs> it's like torture it I is. know it is, it is. it's really yeah. hard yeah you know? So one of the things, what about when you started to talk about it? Like, was there like, 
was was it did it feel super easy to talk about so I'm talking to this cute boy blah 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 or was in the beginning was it like how much do I share am I allowed to share do yeah. I do I feel guilty or bad about yeah. sharing like the, yeah. the apprehension yeah. about that like opening up piece right like now I'm right. worried, especially especially because you guys have talked about you want to tell each other about what's going on right so what was that like for you in having in the disclosing and sharing part? Um, at first it was it was very challenging, I think. You know, if with my husband it was comfortable to share, but when it was with other people, it was difficult. You know, because in an app, you know, you can list everything that you're looking for these days. And so with my husband, I think when it came to chatting with other people, it was starting to become easier for us to talk about that. And, and we would say, oh man, look, I'm chatting with this nice guy. This is what he looks like. So for us, that became easier. It was with other people, you know, like there was one person on Tinder that was like, oh, I just looked at your profile and it says that you're Polly. Oh, good luck to you, you know? <laughs> I'm like, all right, you should have read it before you started chatting with me, which people fail to do sometimes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> and um, I think that became more of the challenge later on. It wasn't okay. so much with my husband. You know, I feel like we've grown so much into it. Yeah. And, um, and so that became easier, but just with other people. And one thing that we can get into here in a bit, if you want to backpedal first, was family. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's but, talk about that. That's, 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 that's some juicy conversation. Yeah. So how did your family handle it? With other, yeah, yeah. Um, family, my parents, my dad is a very laid back man. My dad could give two shits. When I told him, he was like, are you guys happy? Mm -hmm. I said, yeah. And he says, that's all that matters. You know, whatever you guys want to do. My stepmother didn't really understand it. So she had, a, she started asking questions. She said, so with this Polly thing, are you all together? Are you not? Like, what's the, so I had to do some education on that, right? Okay. My husband's mother did not take it well at all. Mm. Did not take it well. We flew her up here last Thanksgiving and we came out to her. And that was not easy. Mm -hmm. It was very difficult. And she immediately you know, said that we're going to leave each other, we're going to cheat on each other, we're going to hurt each other. She didn't understand what it was. And we tried to explain it to her and she still didn't get it. Mm -hmm. um, so that was very difficult. And it became so difficult that when we took her down to my parents' house for Thanksgiving, she told my stepmother more information than we had, sh that we hadn't shared yet. Mm -hmm. And so that was an intense conversation between the both of them and she basically told my stepmother that I'm going to leave my husband for another man. <laughs> so we haven't talked to my husband's mom in about a year, but it's since, but what's interesting is that two days ago, she just started reaching out to us again. Mm -hmm. So it's hard with family. It is really tough. I think that was harder than just coming out to like friends, colleagues, other people, you know, being in the sex therapy community, it's like, you know, po sex positive community. Okay. You know, but, um, but with family, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. That is hard. And curious, why did you come out? Like, was the, like what part, like, so, so that's, that's an interesting mm -hmm. 
uh, piece? Like, was it important for you guys to come out as Polly? Like, why was that important for you guys? Yeah, good question. I think it was important for, for us because, first of all, just my career and what I do mm-hmm. and being an, a, a kink-aware polytherapist. And, you know, um, we and, and if we meet someone, we want to post pictures. We want to share our lives, right? We want to be able to do that with other people. And so it it came about being able to do it. And we both agreed that we would. We just didn't I didn't post something on Facebook like Polly and Proud, you know, I, we really, <laughs> wait, wait, I wanted to, I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to come out of the closet just, you know, big time on it. Um, but I really had to talk. We really had a nice check-in about it before we really decided to tell family. And I think as time goes on, it will, you know, Maybe once COVID is, you know, when we start seeing other people and getting out there, which will be nice. Yeah. But it was not easy. Um, telling family, it felt like coming out again, being gay. It was like, oh, here comes another coming out process. Shit, I forgot what that felt like because I did that when I was 16. So now we have another coming out process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what's the one thing that you wish that you know now that you could have told yourself the younger version of yourself around this what would you have told yourself that it's okay to have the sexual pleasure that you want and to live freely and to always be yourself i felt for me i always had to cover things up first of all covering up my orientation Mm-hmm. and then also covering up the sexuality piece. So there were two things that I was just holding all of that in. Shit, no wonder why I'm a sex therapist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I would, I would do that. If I had to look at a younger, at a younger self that's standing in front of me, I would say that. Like, that's beautiful. Go, go be who you want to be because you're a beautiful sexual being. Nice. Definitely. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I wish I had told myself when I was younger that embrace, very similar to you, em- embrace who you are and don't listen to the world. Yes. Right? The world's perceptions of what you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to show up in the world and what you're supposed to be as a sexual being and how you're not supposed to be a sexual being and all of those things ignore the world Mm -hmm. and just trust yourself and believe in yourself and you will find the people that want to play there's always people (laughs) that want to play yes there is and you know we get so many sexual messages as a child growing up i was always told that you don't do this you don't do this well hell when i heard that i wanted to do it yes the more more you're not allowed to do this it's like oh yeah you're telling me that i can't go do this i can't sleep with this person well guess what i'm i want to i i want to i want to try this um type of kink play or I want to do get into this a little bit you know and that's also been another thing too is that since we've come out as polyamorous we've been able to share more of our sexual fantasies with each other which I love because we all have sexual fantasies and they're there and you shouldn't be ashamed of them yeah so we've been able to really 
get into that and share that with each other. Like I love spanking. I really love, I love spank play. And my, my husband really gets into, um, he's a big old sub. He loves it. And he's into, we're, you know, leather and things like that. So it's just been so nice to be able, it makes you, I feel like coming out as polyamorous to each other, it only made us stronger. It made us, it, there was like, there wasn't anything hiding anymore. It was like just out on the table and it's like, this is who we are and we love each other. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's like the perfect love story. <laughs> it is, it really is, it is. It's amazing, it's amazing, it really is. And I had no idea, you know, when I met him, I met him on an app. Here's the other thing, I will share this, this is really important. When I met him, he was in a relationship and they were in an open relationship. And so, Talk about my little monogamy morals about myself. When he told me that he was in an open relationship, um, I told him, well, I can't chat with you. I'm not going to chat with someone who was in an open relationship. And I blocked him on the app. Wow. Yes, that's an important piece. That's an important piece. (laughs) So I blocked him. So then three months later, I was on Scruff. And, you know, which is where all the furry men are, which is a beautiful app, just gorgeous men. And so I unblocked all my people that I blocked. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why did you unblock them? Were you like, what was the, what was the, the mind, the thought process? Well, 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 yeah. Well, the great thing is, is that I was able to go down the list and see who I wanted to unblock. Okay. And he was one of them. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me just see what's going on. So I unblocked him and I messaged him. (laughs) And I said, hey, I think I made a mistake a few months ago. I mean, you were going to come over and we were going to play. And why don't you come over? I'm I'm very interested. He goes, oh, so now you want to talk? And I'm like, yeah. And he said, well, my husband and I are getting a divorce. We're separated. I said, well, you could definitely come over. So that is an important piece, but it was just so interesting how a few years ago, back in 2017, that I was like that. Oh, you're in an open relationship? I don't do that. I don't play with people who are in, you know, ethical non-monogamous relationships or whatever. And it's so fascinating to where I am now. I've changed so much over the last three years. It's it's crazy. And it's all been amazing. So yay, congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so how can people spend more time with you? Like, what are you doing in the world and how can people spend more time um, hanging out with you? I'm doing lots right now. I, um, I am a sex and relationship therapist, but I specialize in sexuality and chronic illness and sex and disabilities. And I work with a lot of folks who are non-monogamous, who are kinky, BDSM culture folks, uh, transgender, non-binary individuals. Always feel free to follow me on Instagram. I'm at Dr. Lee Phillips, at Dr. Lee Phillips on Facebook. And I have a website, which is www.drleephillips.com. And I've also joined a podcast network. I'm about to start my own podcast called Sex and Chronic Illness on the Invisible Not Broken Network, which is all going to be about um, crushing the myth that people with chronic illness and disabilities are not sexual. So I'm super excited. So congratulations (laughs) and welcome to the world of podcasting. Yes, I have so much to learn still, but I'm learning so much and I love it. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. 
So I'm super excited. So when does the podcast launch so that people can start listening to your podcast? The podcast should launch right at the end of the month. I'm actually recording my first episode uh, this weekend, which is my story. I'm going to share why I'm doing this type of work, why I'm doing this podcast. And I'm planning on chatting and having amazing conversations with other chronic illness warriors and sex educators and sex therapists and sexologists, everyone that works in the field of sexuality. Nice. Okay. So, so will people, where will we, people be able to find it? Will people be finding it on your website? Mm -hmm. You know, will it be, what platforms will it be on? So Spotify, iTunes, it's going to be on the Invisible Not Broken website, which is invisiblenotbroken.com. I'm also going to be putting it on my website as well. So you can access it. Okay. So give your, give your website again. And again, the, all of those details will be in the show notes, but let's hear it www.drleephillips.com. Beautiful. Thank you for being on the show. It was, uh, it was a very yeah. delightful conversation. And, it was. you know, I think that uh, it might be a good idea for you to come back and uh, do, you know, I, there's some other pieces that I think we could have some juicy conversations about, like, like spanking for one and the kink. Yes, I would love to. You know, so. Yeah, um Thanks very much. And audience, as always, I hope you were inspired and maybe a little uncomfortable because that's where growth happens. <laughs> and if you want to spend more time with me, you can find me at succulentliving.com. And don't, get, don't forget to listen to my podcast called My Orgasmic Life that can be on all the platforms, be found on all the platforms. Have a juicy day. Till next time. Bye.